Welcome to the Dynasty Junkies Podcast with your hosts, Rocky Petrella and Dustin Church. Let's get to the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 12 of the Dynasty Junkies Podcast. I'm your host, Rocky Petrella at Dynasty FF Addict, along with Dustin Church, my co-host at Dynasty Junkie FF. And Dustin, we just uh, finished up the Dynasty Junkies Listener League draft, and I feel bad because I think we're going to crush all these guys. What do you think? Yeah, it was pretty uh, interesting to kind of like zig and zag in the middle of the draft. Uh, you know, we did our, our productive struggle that we were talking about, like kept trading back, picking up first, and then in the middle of the draft, we decided to trade those picks away and pick up Mixon. And uh, I'm feeling really great about our team. Uh, we have a great it's a pretty competitive league over there. Uh, we got. I'm, I'm really guy. interested to see. Yeah, I'm really interested to see, see what uh, Jerry O'Shea does. You know, he, I think he has like twenty something picks next year already. Uh, Fifteen to twenty picks. So it's going to be interesting to see, especially with all the controversy on the on next season, what that's going to look like for the next draft. But uh, I feel great about the team. We're looking pretty good. Yeah, I like it a lot. And speaking of listener leagues, uh, we're very excited to also be finishing up the uh, open bar listener league draft. And that leads us right into our guest this week, the two hosts of the open bar, the uh, awesome J Mike and the fabulous FF man bun, Gabe Gearing. Thanks for coming on, guys. Appreciate you having us. Look at these digs. Look at the, look at this. Look at you guys. This is fancy here. <laughs> hey, did you see that professional transition, Rocky, right there? Like that was that was smooth. You know. <laughs> Are you sure this isn't episode one twelve that we're doing? Um, yeah, with? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You like that segue? I'm starting to get the hang of this hosting thing. I think maybe. <laughs> but um, <laughs> before we uh, get into our fantasy face off, where we usually start the show, um, Dustin did want to uh, bring up a little the little news item that came out this week which was the Derrick Henry extension. So, so Dustin, why don't you get into that a little bit? Yeah, I, I just wanted to kind of get you guys' opinion on it. I traded him away like the day before the, the extension, which maybe, you know, I thought that they were going to run him the ground this year and let him go. And, you know, now he's got another two years on that deal. What do you guys think this means, if anything, for his value uh, going forward? Uh, Jay, Mike? I'll say this. Uh, more than anything, I love the fact how in dynasty uh, and in lots of dynasty circles, we think we have everything understood. We think we know it all. We think we're so sharp. Uh, and then, you know, it, you know, Derek, we heard over and over, Derek Henry, this is his last season. He's going to get run to the ground. We've all thought it. We've all heard it. Here we are. Uh, we know we at least have 2020 and we at least have 2021 as well with Derek Henry. And I love it. I love it because it throws everything in the chaos so that we know that we've got a certified bell cow. The entire offense runs through Derrick Henry. So now the question becomes, as we go around, what's the value of Derrick Henry? Not just on your rosters, but is it is it a guy that you even want to go out and get? If you play in windows these next two seasons, uh, he's going to be someone that's worth, uh, worth having on your team. So I think the dead cap number goes way down after 2021. So they can, you know, that's a potential out for them, according to the good folks over at I still don't know if it's Track or Track. I will never get that correct. But uh, on their website, it looks like he's got an out after 21. So uh, I'm excited for Derrick Henry. I'm excited for this offense to hopefully continue to move forward and for him to be the center of it. I think that I think this is a good role for him. And I like Derrick Henry as a player. Gabe, any thoughts on Henry? Well, <clears throat> I'm finally just happy to have an opportunity to speak on this podcast. I mean, J-Mike just comes through and and – 
first of all, introduces himself, you know, first of all, second of all, has the Derrick Henry take. And look, I'm here to balance things out. First of all, hello, guys. Thank you for having me. All right. Um, And here we go on Derrick Henry. Um, Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, uh, Todd Gurley, Devontae Freeman. I mean, when 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 are we going to learn that this doesn't matter? Like I. This is an opportunity opportunity to sell Derrick Henry if if that's your vibe, um, because it's going to certainly heighten his value um, throughout the the landscape of, of dynasty, especially you know you know. But uh, I and especially w- with how J Mike just worded that that the out at twenty twenty one. I mean, the they're super sneaky with these deals for running backs. They literally do not care about them. <laughs> it's it's still going to be the run Derrick Henry into the ground for uh, the additional 2021. And th- they might have even made this deal because we're not going to have a 2020 season. So they basically mm. made an extension of sorts to get a 2021 20, season out of him for sure. And then, you know, sure, we might see what happens after that. But this is a selling opportunity for me. It changes nothing about running backs for me. I still think they don't matter. Um, and the only one that really does is like Saquon and McCaffrey, maybe Zeke. No, I think that's a great take. I I'm in the same camp. I think, you know, this is a prime opportunity to sell them. Um, you know, especially like, we don't know what this year looks like. So, and, and this could carry over into the next season. So really, you know, you might get combined a full season out of Henry. And so I think this is a prime opportunity to sell them. I think there's going to be a lot of owners out there that are excited that he signed and they're going to see the four-year extension thinking he's going to be there for all four years. We all know he's not, but there's going to be a lot of people in your leagues that, that think he's going to be. So I think I, I'm right there with you. I think it's a prime opportunity to sell him. Yeah. And I thought that was a great point too, about the, you know, maybe there's not a season. So they just get him through 2021 and, and, and go from there. So let's get into our fantasy face off now though. This week, um, we're going with. I, I wanted to. I wanted to do something with Chubb just so I could say, "Well, we love a Chubb, Chubb." Um, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, we have a uh, Nick Chubb versus DJ Moore. I thought this one was kind of interesting because DJ Moore was a little bit lower, a little bit further apart in ADP from Nick Chubb than I thought he would be actually. Uh, and June ADP, the July hasn't come out yet. DLF, he's Chubb sixteen. DJM is twenty five. We did poll it as always, almost 1,300 votes, and it came out 56% to 44% in favor of Chubb. Uh, Gabe, what do you think uh, about Chubb versus uh, DJ Moore? Well, <clears throat> I'm kind of frustrated that y'all even brought this question up for, for us, you know, the, the Wubba Lubba Chubb Chubb stands over here, you know. That, that's why we did it. It's one of the few <laughs> shirts that we even have in existence. And here I am about to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's DJ Moore for me. It, and it's mostly based off of kind of what I just said about running you? backs. I know. But, you? but look, the, the value is is cheaper. DJ Moore is like still a teenager or something. He's he's so young and he's about to be a, a perennial wide receiver one for the Panthers for a lot of years. And I, I just typically value wide receivers more than a running back in, in dynasty. 
Um, you, you definitely want to acquire that before you acquire Chubb because we're, we're not going to get much higher than that for, for Chubb. And, you know, it, it might take a deal or something like a Derrick Henry deal to get him into first round territory or top 10, whatever. But like DJ Moore has got some room and he's going to have that room for a while. So DJ Moore for me. I cannot believe I know the 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 tomfoolery, <laughs> the Travis Shamakery, skullduggery, yeah, uh, the the flat out betrayal of you right now uh, mm. on House Chubb. Um, I don't know if we can continue our podcast relationship. I don't know that we can even be brothers after this. Uh, all that said, I'm also siding with DJ Moore. <laughs> <laughs> My guy. <laughs> One hundred percent. The first thing that went through my mind was, "Good grief! You guys got a ton of interaction on that poll. Thirteen hundred votes. That's amazing." Uh, n- next, though, how I'm, and this is really this hurts me a lot to say. Kareem Hunt's a problem, y'all. Kareem Hunt is a problem. If for whatever reason, and and I know you probably have seen it floating around, but one of those stats that that ended up coming out. I think it was from Graham Barfield, Scott Baird. They, they kind of teamed up for this thread that really just kind of blew my mind. The last several weeks of the season, Kareem Hunt outscores Nick Chubb six out of the eight weeks they were sharing the field. Furthermore, when Kareem Hunt came to the lineup, I think uh, Nick Chubb was on pace for like RB 23 or 25, something like that, when Kareem Hunt was on the field with him. That's scary stuff, man. And like you said, with DJ Moore, we're looking at a guy who's going to be at the top of the heap. He, he, he did what he did last season with Kyle Allen throwing to him and the ghost of Cam Newton. And who, who else was back there throwing passes? I don't even remember. It was it was pretty it was pretty not fun to watch the quarterback play in Carolina. We at least have some optimism in Teddy. We at least have to, some optimism in uh, Joe Brady and the offense that he's bringing in. We could be looking at DJ Moore being a perennial number one in the vein of like a Larry Fitzgerald who had to deal with the doo-doo butter at quarterback, DeAndre Hopkins prior to Watson getting there. This is to, – to get in on DJ Moore at this point, I, I would be all in. Yeah, it, uh, so it was Will Greer was the other quarterback. I, I couldn't oh. think of the name for a while as well. Oh, exactly. my bad. Um, <clears throat> no, um, no I was like – for a while, I was like, I couldn't remember the name either. Then just popped in there. Uh, I'm actually surprised that DJ Moore is behind Chubb. Like, I feel like uh, DJ Moore's value is just kind of skyrocketing in the last couple of months. I know, like, Brian McDowell has him as his number two dynasty wide receiver, and I've been seeing him in the top four everywhere. Um, I'm I'm right there with you guys. I think you know here in maybe when July ADP comes out, and even going into August, we might see that flip sooner than next season. So if you can use any value, if you have anyone in your league that has Chubb over DJ Moore, I would be doing that all day to get a little piece on top. I was excited. I actually bought my uh, only DJ Moore share today, and I'm a rebuild team, but I thought it was just, you know, I wanted to get in on it before like his value gets to where you can't buy him anymore. You know, those elite years with Hopkins, you couldn't buy Hopkins. It just there's no way that, to make it work. And I, I feel like that's coming with DJ Moore as, as well. What do you think, Rocky? Yeah, I'm going to make it four for four, which should be no surprise to anybody who listens to this podcast. I, I love DJ Moore. I think uh, both uh, Gabe and J. Mike used the word perennial wide receiver one. I've been saying that for a while, and I, I got a ton of shares already. And I just uh, basically just agree with a lot of what you guys said. You know, the, I get 
positional scarcity scarcity for running back. But um, Chubb, you know, we don't even know what's going to happen this season. And then going into next year, he's a fourth year running back, which Dustin loves to sell going into their uh, next contract. So, um, and, and I just I wanted to pass along. I also came across this little gem when I was kind of looking into the two guys. Uh, DJ Moore has 140 catches and 1,900 yards in his first two seasons. Uh, he's uh, in the last 10 years. There's uh, six other guys, or seven other guys who have done that: Odell Beckham, AJ Green, Michael Thomas, Juju, Mike Evans, Amari Cooper, Jarvis Landry. So basically, his floor is Jarvis Landry. So, uh, and and I definitely see him being more of the guys. Some of the guys are a little bit ahead of him. So, uh, no surprise. I'm four for four. I'm surprised actually that the poll came out as as far apart as it did for Chubb. I, I guess it, Twitter's just wrong on this one. <laughs> But it was close though, right? Fifty six forty, like fifty six forty four. Yeah, with that many votes, like it's, I guess for a lot of people, it must be a coin flip. Which I, I don't even, I don't necessarily think it's that close. And and again, we are we are Chubb stands over here, so <laughs> that that hurts to say. Yeah, no, anything in the sixty forty range, you could really just look at it as as a coin flip. Um, you know, if if it's that close, a couple of votes each each way is gonna you know, bring that pretty right in the middle. So I I'm surprised it's as close uh, with the steam DJ Moore has been having the last couple months. I'm surprised that you would get anything added to Chubb, but if you can, then do it. <laughs> well, let me, let me ask then. I, I'd, I'd love to hear because if, if you have DJ Moore and someone's bringing you Nick Chubb plus, what does the plus have to be to like for you to come up off of DJ Moore? Here we go. J Mike taking, I gotta know. Again. <laughs> I, I just like to ask the question, man. I'm sorry. Wow. Um, that's a good question. I would probably, to, for me, just like seeing the longevity of the wide receiver position and the running back position, I would probably need a first on top of Nick Chubb to move DJ Moore. That's what I was gonna say. I need at least a late first. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Or, or, I, I just think like player. he's twenty three and he's already putting up those numbers. Like he still has ten years left in the league. You know, yeah, maybe like eight eight years left in the league before, but like Chubb, like he might only, he might not get a second contract with how many running backs are coming out in the next couple of years. And like, he'll like, you just don't know what's going to like the running back position now is like, it's changing so frequently every year that I don't think Chubb's like going to keep that long-term value. Like Aaron Jones put up one of the best, best seasons we've seen in a long time for a running back with 19 touchdowns last year. And like right now people are out, Completely out on Aaron Jones. I have him in a league that nobody wants him on. Like that same thing can happen with with Chubb. Um, and then that the hunt threat is real. So I just there's so many question marks with, with Chubb that and there's none with DJ Moore. That's exactly where I'm at. And uh, unless J Mike has any more questions he'd like to ask us, <laughs> I'm gonna move on to our commissioner corner well, now. Well, really, really, really quick. So I, I still I bought DJ Moore today. I want to see what you guys think. Uh, I, I gave up Damian Harris, Brandon Ayuk, a 21 first, two seconds, and a third for DJ Moore. I gave Great up a lot of pieces. I like so it. I was back and forth for a while today, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of, uh, you know, 50, and dimes. 50, yeah, I mean, 50 50s with the Ayuk and the first, and then a bunch of like. 2080s with <laughs> with the, <laughs> the seconds and then like a bunch of 595s with the thirds so whatever you i think you know what you got and more it's pretty cool yeah. <laughs> yeah i actually was not i was leaning against the deal 
today because just because I'm rebuilding and I have like five first and nine seconds. And I was like, you know, what? I just don't want to give up all those uh, those darts. But I was at the same time like, I'm not going to be able to buy DJ Morecambe next year. So, but they're now darts. You, have, you said it yeah. yourself. And now you have a pillar to actually build around. So that's that's good stuff. Yep. Okay, Hi, Rocky. Now, now you can continue. Now that Dustin interrupted my transition to talk about his fantasy team, we will move on to the Commissioner Corner. Commissioner Corner, which uh, this week, um, you know, we talk about sometimes procedural things, but another thing we can talk about is uh, different types of league formats and settings and things like that. So I wanted to talk about um, the idea, and we actually talked about this on Trade Addicts earlier this week. Uh, there's a league I run that's, that's all flexes. You start 10 guys. There is no, there's zero required starting positions. And you don't even have to, it's super flex, but you don't have to start a quarterback. You don't start a tight end. You don't start anything. You can build your team however you want, decide how do you want to do it. What do you guys think of a league like that? Jay Mike. It, it's really interesting because, golly, that, that's, wow, that's kind of freaky when you, when you <laughs> actually say that out loud. Like it kind of messes with me a little bit. I, I love the flexibility. And I love the fact that you can you can get to a desired outcome in like so many different ways. That's a really fun thing to be able to to have the ability to do. I think the one thing that messes with me, though, is that there's never any strain on anyone like at any point to feel like they have to go and like, man, I'm really going to have to leverage something like one of these pieces in my war chest to really go get this stud running back or this. DJ Moore or something of that nature. It's like, okay, let me just compile all the best pieces that I can and let the chips fall where they may. So uh, it, it almost feels like a, it almost feels very best ballish. You know, <laughs> it, it feels like, let me just bring the pieces together and, and do what we can with that. So uh, I find it really interesting and I'd love to be in a, at least one league like that. Um, but at the same time, when there's not any kind of a, a league scarcity or it feels like any kind of league scarcity, it's just, let me just acquire all the best pieces that I can um, it, it really brings out the ingenuity in folks to be able to build differently, which which could be a lot of fun to see too. Yeah, that was I I run one league. It's the only league I'm in like that. I run it, and that's definitely the case. A lot of people went different directions in how they wanted to build it, and it's a good point about the trading. You kind of have to have a if you're going to do a league like this, you have to probably have a, a bunch of guys that you know are good active guys, and that's what I have in this league. Dustin's in it. Uh, I think one or two other trade addicts guys, some guys from some other leagues. And we actually have had a decent amount of trading since the league started. Um, even though, like you said, it's it's kind of a weird dynamic there where you don't have to trade for anything because you don't need anything. <laughs> you just want to get the best guys. Another thing I think about it too is what we did is it's a, and I, I we might even want to increase this. I'm thinking about proposing this as a potential rule change is because the tight end position is so week you i think you need to put a hefty premium on tight ends in that kind of league just to have people even want them and we have it at 1.75 <clears throat> like trade addicts um but i think it might even better to put it at 2.0 just to kind of make them more valuable but gabe what do you think and so just to be clear here the the quarterbacks you can also start 10 of those Not no just you can only, zero yeah, and two. The quarterbacks are only you can only start two Gotcha. Okay. Every other position, you could start eight of anything else if you want. Yeah, we 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 maxed it out at two quarterbacks. Yeah, um, I love it. I mean, it's it's similar to that of the the John Bosch eliminators. You know, um, <laughs> different in that it's probably not a what seventeen team league. 
or no. whatever. I don't even know what the eliminators are if they're 16 or 17, but that, I mean, that becomes very scarce. So no, this is, this is awesome. I love it. And I, I, I love leagues to create balance or, or at least an, an attempt to do so. I mean, that's what John Bosch is doing with the eliminator. That is what Scott fish is doing every year with the Scott fishbowl. He's trying to even the playing field because obviously quarterbacks score a lot of points, you know, obviously tight ends are, uh, horrible. <laughs> and I don't even know if there is a solution for tight ends. Like I know you mentioned the, the 2.0 points per reception, but I don't know if that even does it really. Um, it, it's more about the position scarcity that will, uh, up the value of the tight end, but obviously with an all flex, you don't necessarily want to do that. So, it, you know, it certainly helps. It certainly helps, but I mean, there's still just such a drop between because now you're putting up these these other tight ends to another echelon, and even these lower tight ends still aren't producing what these other, um, you know, RB twos, RB or wide receiver twos are, are doing. So. Um, but I'm, I'm curious about it. I'm curious how something like that would play out in a few years. And if like just literally drafting, you know, all running backs, not my suggestion, uh, <laughs> all wide receivers, my suggestion. <laughs> so I guess you two have never played in a league like that then, huh? Just eliminators, you know, and, uh, I, I still found it important to get, for for those that I have um, been successful in, um, it, it's important to still have two quarterbacks that score inside the top ten. That matters, um, but it also and tight end doesn't like I said doesn't really matter um, still. And it, it's more about playing those running backs and wide receivers at the right time um, and consist like you can consistently do that with wide receivers. I, I probably would draft a lot of the top end running backs to, to start it out. Um, but hopefully trade them away for right. top tier wide receivers. Um, and that I would know that they were the top tier wide receivers kind of thing. And that's the only thing that that's the only type of league that we've been in is, is even anything close to that is Gabe and yeah. I are both in a John Bosch league where every, we start one of everything. I think it's four flexes and then one super flex. So it's like a start nine. Um, and that offers a lot of fun, but you still even having to have the one uh, mm -hmm. still uh, still puts some certain constraints on you and makes things interesting. So, yeah, I like that a lot, Rocky. That's good. Okay. Kind of sour you didn't invite me to that league, but it's cool. Uh, I, I was yeah. just going to say, we'll have to, get the choice. Show, but, have to get you guys in next time I have an orphan. <laughs> yeah, expect that soon. I'm going to be frustrated. <laughs> Dustin, you're in the league. What do you think? Yeah, so like after going through, I think we've only been through one season so far. After going through, I think I would have done things a little bit differently. Like, you know, I'm I'm Mister Sell Running Backs after you know the third or fourth year just to be done. Like, I think I just wouldn't take a running back. Like, I think I would start and try to get two stud uh, quarterbacks pretty early, knowing that I can just take whatever the value is that drops to me at every other position in the draft, and not having to build. I when I went into the draft, I was I was trying to build a traditional dynasty team, even though this isn't a traditional league. So I still took tight ends. I still took running backs, and they don't really matter, especially with running backs and wide receivers. Like the scoring is your traditional scoring on those two. So you don't – I didn't need to reach for any running backs, and I think I did during the draft. Like 
and I still have like four tight ends on my team, and I I don't even know why. Like moving, like, and you brought up moving to the two point uh, tight end premium. Like, I don't think that is really going to make them more startable. Like we talked about on the trade addicts pod on Monday. I think that just increases the scoring for the top guys, but it doesn't make the middle or bottom guys really that much more valuable. It just makes the Kelsey's and the Kittles and the Ertz worth more, but it doesn't really help the position overall. So I, I don't know that that's really going to make that much of a difference, but I think like, and I know everyone in the league listens to this, so we'll see what offers I get when this launches, but you know, I'm, I think I might just go straight wide receiver going forward just because I know that they're going to hold value longer than my running backs. And then I never have to panic when a running back, doesn't get signed for his contract or holds out or, or any of those situations. Like I, I just wouldn't have to deal with that anymore. I do think the 2.0, I, I disagree with you a little bit on that. I do think the 2.0 especially um, <laughs> gives the, uh, even the lesser tight ends a little more value. Cause I mean, if you, I, I said this before, if you have uh, a mediocre tight, even if he doesn't score a touchdown, if he goes four for 50, that's 13 points. I mean, not in regular PPR, and there's a lot of weeks, a lot of receivers aren't getting you 13 points. or So I, I definitely think it makes them more startable, the lower guys, and it definitely helps the higher guys. And I kind of built my team. It's actually not great right now. I was just pulling it up, but I, I actually have, like, no running backs. So <laughs> I was just looking. I think my uh, my best running back might be... Gio Bernard. So, uh, yeah, I have like Devonte Adams. I got I got Ertz and Kelsey. So uh, those the higher end guys definitely do help. Um, and I I did make the 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 finals last year, but lost. So it did seem to work okay. But um, <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely an interesting league. And and I think just real quick the and I know Gabe is one of those people uh, who hates tight ends. Um, the the beauty of this type of league, though, Rocky. Not only did you give them the bump in scoring, but we're no longer looking at trying to compare tight ends with other tight ends, right? I don't have to worry about starting one or starting two. Like now, I'm looking at tight end as it pertains to how do they measure up against this top twenty four wide receiver, and all of a sudden that brings right. a lot of guys into the conversation, which is a lot of fun to think about. Yeah, and uh, I that's that was actually on my. I think a lot of people, like I said, I disagree with Dustin on that. I, I think people underrated, uh, even the, especially even in the, the high end tight ends because they didn't need to start one. And with the extra premium, I think it helped. Like I said, it did, I did well with it last year. We'll see how it goes this year. So let's get into the dynasty strategy portion of the show. Dynasty strategy. Um, and we started last week with uh, the couple tweets Ryan put Ryan McDowell put out in June ADP. Uh, well, actually, he phrased it as dynasty value risers and fallers. And uh, last week we did the risers. So this week we're doing the fallers. And uh, he he included a couple other measures in there. I think that with their trade uh, analyzer value went up to and and the rankings on the site. But we're just going to mention the IDP here so as not to overwhelm people with numbers. But um, let's start with the first guy. Um, the biggest dropper was uh, Tyler Lockett, who went from 52 ADP back in December. This is guys from the end of the season to now who's fallen the most. 52 back in December to 83 in June ADP. So what do you guys think of Lockett? Or is that, is, is that make him a buy? Do we like Lockett? What do you think, uh, Gabe? I, I don't see why something like this would happen. It, it'd be one thing if, you know, Metcalf was like 
severely taking over the wide receiver one job, but I, I think they coexist and we saw proof of that last season. And I, one thing that would worry me in general is are they going to eventually unleash Russell Wilson? Because then there's kind of only one room for one wide receiver to be kind of valuable in that offense. And sure, Metcalf is, you know, younger. Um, so that's kind of what we gravitate towards in Dynasty. But I, and and <laughs> J Mike, this is a lazy take, but um, and and I've said I've mentioned this before, but it just totally reminds me of Doug Baldwin versus Tyler Lockett coming into the league. And every year, I was so thirsty for Tyler Lockett. This is the year that he overcomes Doug Baldwin. This is the year that he. And it's just, it was too much disrespect on Doug Baldwin's name. And I think it's similar for that of Tyler Lockett. The dude balls, he's efficient as heck. Um, so the, again, my, my only worry would be if, is if uh, Metcalf does start to outproduce what, you know, Lockett severely. And at the same time, Russell Wilson does not kind of keep up with both of their production. Yeah, I'm very much with you on this, Gabe. I think it's a, a combo of a few things. Recency bias, because Lockett did have the injury last year where he tailed off a little. Before that, I, I looked it up. He was wide receiver three before he got injured in week 10. So he was balling out. And the, the DK hype is probably pushing him down. Uh, the, the fact that now all of a sudden in Dynasty, 28 years old is an old wide receiver is probably pushing him down. But they brought nobody... nobody to compete with DK and Tyler Lockett in there. I mean, there's AB rumors, but I'm not really worried about that. So I, I definitely agree. I, I love uh, Tyler Lockett for this year. If you're a contender, uh, I don't see any reason why he can't be a, a, a low end wide receiver one, high end wide receiver two at the worst. Uh, Dustin, what do you think? You're a, you're a Seahawks fan. Yeah. So the rumors that I've been kind of hearing in the bushes is that this is finally the year they're going to let Russell Wilson like let it go. Um, I don't believe it, but I hope. Um, I just don't. I don't think there's going to be a lot of confidence in the running game. Um, so I think. I, I think this will be. I, I'll. I think this will be the highest passing total of Russell Wilson's career attempts wise. Um, personally, um, I. I am a little worried because I actually do think they are going to sign Antonio Brown. I think there, there's just been a lot of rumors coming out of Seattle that it sounds like that's going to happen. And I don't know what that, like, he's never really, like, outside of the last couple of years, like, we don't pass enough to to really have two wide receivers, and now we're going to have three. I, I just don't know that we can maintain that, and AB's going to want his targets. But, you know, Lockett's always been that kind of underrated guy. Like, there was, like, a 12 to 18-month period where his value blew up, and then now that DK is there, it's, it's gone down. I can't even sell him in a couple leagues for, like, a mid-second. So I would be paying that all day for him. Like his production's not going to go away, but I don't know that. I don't know that his value will ever increase just because of the name. So that's kind of where I'm at from like strictly a value standpoint and not production. Like his value is never going to go up. So if you can get a late first for him right now, I would take that because his value is just going to continue to go down just because of, the ascendance of DK, DK's age, and just like the a uh, role, the 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 clout around uh, DK Metcalf already is is helping his value that much more. But 
if I was a contender, I would easily go buy him because you can get him for super cheap right now. And he's going to have a great year this year. Um, but yeah, that's where I'm at. What do you, what do you think, J. Mike? I think, I think Tyler Lockett is like a junior version uh, of something that we laugh a lot on the open bar about with Mike Evans. Um, it's almost like, what does Tyler Lockett have to do to get some respect on his name? The, it's really it's really weird to me and I in a world where and I'm and I'm I'm one of those people who is definitely thirsty for DK to to outperform like it this year am I gonna put a bunch of money on that what I put when I put the farm on it like no not at all because the efficiency that Lockett has shown year in and year out and what Wilson's able to do with him is absolutely absurd so uh I'm and I love the point that you made Dustin in that the value of Lockett is no longer something to wear. Like it doesn't matter what he does. He can come out and give us 1300 yards, nine touchdowns. Like he's, he's still likely not going to be anything greater than uh, a top 20 receiver in dynasty. And right now we can get him at, around wide receiver somewhere between 25 to 30. Uh, I don't think he's necessarily going to be cracking top 20, especially with all the names Guys, we didn't even get into the fact that the 2020 wide receivers haven't even taken the field yet, and the 2021 class is set to overshadow them. Like all of a sudden, we're about to get this no country for old man game going on, and a bunch of these cats uh, who are who are on this edge of the the late 20s, man, they could not necessarily be pushed out, but they'll be pushed to an interesting place from a value perspective in dynasty, and maybe you do want to get ahead of that. But for this season, I'm I'm with you on Lockett. I'm I'm excited to see how what he can bring. And I also, I don't buy any of the opening up of the offense. Pete Carroll has been doing Pete Carroll things for as long as Pete Carroll's been alive, smacking his gum hard as heck, being extra loosey-goosey in the media and Petey Sunshine and everything else people said. I do not trust for one second that they're going to open it up and let Russell Wilson do much more than caretake and then try to save them in the fourth quarter like he's been doing uh, for the last several years. So uh, they, yeah, that's, that's bumpkins to me. It's Amazing, crazy. he's been so conservative like that, and loves the running game, and yet throws the ball at the one yard line in the Super Bowl. Oh, you had to go there. I'm <laughs> done. Cold. I'm out. I'm out. No, I, I want to touch on something. Jake Mike just said though, like one of the things that's so great about Lockett though, like you brought up his efficiency, like he can go out and you know he's super efficient. But if you look at last year, like he had 82 catches last year, like. That's pretty solid out of out of Tyro, especially Tyro Lockett. Like you know that he, he can just beat, he can win so many different ways, and I think that's what makes him so valuable. Like he's gonna find ways to to get production. Yeah, you know, eighty two catches for eleven hundred yards and or ten thousand uh, sixty, and I think eight touchdowns. Like that's a that's a solid performance. And the year before, like he had, you know, a, what was it, a thousand yards and 10 touchdowns. Like, so like he can beat you in just so many different ways, but like, he's such a small guy, but like 18 touchdowns over the last two, two years, like that's, that's pretty, that's hard to repeat. Like that's hard for any receivers to, to like, you know, look at Mike Evans, like he'll go 10 and two and like, you know, like he's so up and down, like having that, that consistency and touchdowns, like he can just win in so many different ways. And if you saw last year, I don't know how much you guys watch the Seahawks, but, they were actually going to Lockett more than they were going to DK in the red zone, which was which was crazy. Like Lockett had a whole bunch of those little, you know, corner touchdowns in the red zone, and like DK with his size, you'd think they would go there, but no. Russ trusts going to Lockett, and I think 
like him and DK, like they started building the rapport, but like they're still, they've only been around each other for one year. Like he's been with Lockett for, they came out, Russell, Russ was like a year or two before Lockett. So they've been together for most of their careers that Lockett, like with the, with the off season uh, being condensed, like it's going to be Russ, Russ will go to his guy. Like we've seen that with Baldwin, like Gabe said, like he goes to his guy and he trusts his guy and his guy has been Lockett. And I think it's still going to be continue to be Lockett at yeah, least for the, this year. Yeah, I just uh, I think it's crazy that I get what you say about the value. I don't worry about the guys losing value as much if they can, unless I'm in a major rebuild. They can produce for my fantasy team, and uh, I just think it's crazy. The guy had career highs in in receptions, yards, and targets, and, and his his ADP went down three rounds in the offseason. Dynasty is dynasty is interesting, man. <laughs> but. Uh, Let's go on to our next guy, which is uh, Stefan Diggs. Uh, was 40 back in the December ADP. He fell about a couple rounds to 62 in June ADP. Obviously, the move to the Bills is probably part of the reason for that. Uh, Jay, Mike, what do we think of Stefan Diggs as a Bill? Man, I'm, I love Steph Diggs. I love his game. I love his game-breaking ability. I love so much about Steph Diggs. The one thing I don't love about Steph Diggs is the fact that he's in Buffalo. <laughs> and and uh, for a team that ranked uh, 24th in the league in pass attempts, uh, I'm, I'm just really curious how we take a guy who's unfortunately struggled to stay healthy, to stay consistent. We put him in a situation with the guy who's a lot less accurate than Kirk Cousins. Um, and an overall offense whose identity I think they want to be able to keep things close to the line of scrimmage to limit Josh Allen's mistakes. And now uh, am I – so last season we got to see John Brown uh, lead the team in targets in Buffalo with 115, which is great. So that's fantastic. But from a dynasty perspective, with 115 targets, let's just say, for argument's sake, Steph Diggs comes in and he's the chief target getter at around 120 targets. And I'm I'm being incredibly loosey goosey with projections here, but just going off of what they did last year, like 120 targets. While step like while you'll be excited about that for Steph Diggs, what's really the ceiling on that when there's a whole band of guys in like the 140 to 110 target range? Uh, I don't know how much he's differentiating himself from the pack in wide receiver scoring uh, in fantasy. So while I like Steph Diggs, I'm a big fan of him as a player. I don't love him in Buffalo and I'm really curious to see if Josh Allen can take another step forward and bring Steph Diggs uh, along with him and hopefully him be a target hog there but again that's an offense that John Brown had 115 targets last year and Cole Beasley had 106 like what I I need I need to know what what Steph Diggs target share is going to be can he be one of those guys that's getting a, a, like just a stupid amount of targets I don't know I don't know if that's how they're going to leverage him so um I, I think that the drop is warranted for Steph Diggs in, in this uh, in the ADP. Jay, Mike, I, uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I mean, there's not there's not much more that I can add to this. Um, <clears throat> Josh Allen's not good, uh, <laughs> and, and you know, taking taking steps forward, we can we can you know take all the hopium that we want. But the, the truth is, is that when you're inaccurate in college and you're you continue to be inaccurate in the NFL, you continue to be inaccurate in the NFL. 
and it, it's it's I, I'm just so bummed out for Steph Diggs. <laughs> I mean, it, it's crazy that you now have two wide receivers that are like uh, Matt Harmon darlings, you know, for reception perception, like are incredible route runners have, you know, just John Brown, we've been waiting for his chance, you know, (laughs) finally you kind of sort of get it last year. And maybe that was just due to the fact that he was the best receiver on the team. And uh, I, I don't know how to explain that one honestly, but now you got two of them. Does that make Josh Allen better? No, because you already had a wide receiver that was open last year that, you know, is also a very good route runner. You still have to accurately throw the ball and target receivers well for them to catch the ball. And, and I, I mean like within, you know, a decent radius, like a, a one to two foot radius, I think is reasonable, but he's more of a 10 to 20 foot radius when he's target targeting his receivers. And that's just not going to work. And they, I always see the stat um, thrown around Twitter to clown Josh Allen about he's never thrown a 300 yard game. And, and that's true. You know, it's, it's, and it goes to the fact of J Mike saying the 24th and pass attempts, Maybe they try to un- un- unleash him more, uh, but then when they realize that he's just incapable of doing so, they're going to take it back and go with more Singletary and Zach Moss. Also, they drafted Zach Moss. They're going to continue to run the ball and depend on their defense. They don't want Josh Allen unleashed. <laughs> so, Steph the, the wide receiver. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do not unleash him. Right? <laughs> Steph Diggs is wide receiver 21. That's his ceiling to me. And that ain't it for me. Yeah, I think I, I agree with both of you that he's definitely deserved this drop. And I, I kind of almost think it's sort of kind of putting Diggs in line with maybe where he should have been all along. I mean, we've always kind of wanted Diggs to be more than he is, I think. And he's never really produced that monster season. So 62 is what the early sixth round. That kind of makes sense. Uh, I think he can produce somewhat similarly to the Vikings just because he's going to be the lead guy there. But um, 62 seems about right. Any thoughts on Diggs, Dustin? Yeah. So I'm a little bit disagreeing with all you guys just because like Diggs last, last year only had 112 targets in, in Minnesota. Like, so I think he's going to get more targets. He also only scored five touchdowns last year. And if like, I think he can pick up a couple touchdowns just because I think like they're going to try to show that they didn't give up too much by trading for him. Cause I think they gave up a first plus for him, which was crazy when the Cardinals got Hopkins for a second. Anyways, that's a whole nother topic, but I think they're going to pepper him with targets and he's going to be all over the field. And I think we will see an uptick in his touchdowns. Like he, he doesn't need a lot of targets to be successful, but I think, you know, seeing Cole Beasley with 116 last year, I think is what it was or whatever Jake, Mike, J Mike said, he was over hundred targets. Like, I think, you know, we'll see those targets go to go to digs and I think we'll see more go to him. So I think, you know, he, I think he'll be in line for similar to what he did last year with a couple more touchdowns. So I think like his value will, will be there. I just, and I think he'll perform and you can get him for cheap, pretty cheap right now because of the Buffalo news. Like I've seen him going for like a single first round pick and like, I would still do that. I don't think that Allen's actually long for the league. 
like yes he he performs from a fantasy aspect because of his rushing but i don't know that buffalo is too happy with him which is why they took jake Fromm. now there's a lot of opinions about jake Fromm and if he's going to be a quarterback or not but like you don't take a quarterback if you have a third-year quarterback that you feel comfortable with like so i think like it's still potential that the future is going to look brighter for Diggs when they potentially make a quarterback change. I don't know that there's a lot of people talking about that, but like, I don't know that Buffalo is happy with that one. Like we love him from a the dynasty aspect and the people kind of put blinders on the, what the performance on that on the field means, but the team could choose not to, to renew his contract. And then, you know, if they get a, an accurate quarterback in there, then Diggs value goes right back up. And don't get me wrong, I, I, I'm with you in, in the fact that like Josh Allen's not the long-term solution for Buffalo and and J. Mike's talks about him liking Diggs the player. I absolutely love Diggs the player. He's an incredible football player. You know, it, it's just the the current the current situation that he's in is not going to match the production that I'm expecting. And that's what happens with these these wide receiver, like the, the situation is never really like a thing for me for wide receivers. I don't typically care because if you're good, you're good, you know, cream rises to the top. Like Godwin a few years ago was in a horrible situation and look where we are now, like top five guy, whatever. So, but the, the difference is, is like Michael Thomas, you know, Tyree kill Devonte Adams, Hopkins. Um, all these guys had when, when they were put into that kind of top tier, is because they were matched with an elite QB, and that's it's just going to cap your ceiling no matter what. And you mentioned the target thing. He's he's only had more than 112 targets once in his entire career, which is what he had last year. And uh, Peter Howard will tell you targets are earned. So, um, do why? I mean, do you think he's going to earn? He's going to get more targets just because he's the number one guy there, or? Uh, is it just, I mean, why is it Diggs isn't getting more targets prior prior to now? Is it just Thielen or? I think it was Thielen and the the way that team was made built up. Like they, they wanted to run the ball. Like they, and I think they did have a great number one receiver in Thielen. And like, I, I, I think that's the, both those is why he didn't have the targets. Um, but, you know, I, I, I could be wrong. Like, I just think like, you know, you give up a first round pick for a receiver that's already 26 years old, like you're going to feed him the ball and you're going to try to prove that you didn't give up too much for him and that he's a fit for the team. So I think that he's just, I, I, I actually think this year he's going to, he's going to produce and he's going to prove some people wrong. And now I'm not putting him up there with the, with the elite players, but I, like you're not having to pay elite prices to get dicks. You're not having to pay those two to three first that you would have to pay to get Hopkins and Godwin and them. Like you can get them for a single first round pick. Like for a guy that, you know, I'll pay a first round pick for almost any wide receiver two out there because those guys still have value and he still has upside on top of his floor and being a number one in an offense and, you know, getting, you know, if he gets 130 plus targets, like he's going to produce with that. And I think, that's that's valuable for your team, especially for what you're going to pay for them. I think last year just scared people. I think last year scared people when when Thielen misses the majority of the season, and, and I don't necessarily mean to belabor Diggs as a topic, but when when Thielen misses the majority of the season, Diggs plays in 15 games. 
even though and in those 15 games he's still nicked up right he's still uh, there are times where he's he's struggling with the i forgot what the what the issues were that he was having last season but he still can't eclipse 100 targets with Thielen missing all the weeks that he missed right and and even and minnesota threw the ball even less than buffalo did um i i find i find Diggs the fantasy asset to be a true enigma um but 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 again even when we look at last season you've got to when we're looking at the top 20 receivers, wide receiver 20 was John Brown with his 115 targets in PPR. Um, like you, you just, in, in order to really get up into a place that, that, that is, is going to be special. And like you said, paying that first, maybe that's not the worst, especially if you're going to put them on your team and hope for the best. Um, it, it, I, I'm just curious of what the ceiling looks like in Buffalo. Yeah. I mean, and I think we're, we're all getting caught in narratives. Like, there and like you you hit it right on the on the head like nobody knows what to do with Diggs because like his whole career has just been so up and down like he's been better with Thielen on the on the field actually like but the, we haven't seen them both on the field for almost two seasons now like one's hurt when the other one's healthy like and now he's going to a a, a new perceived terrible situation but if he replaces John Brown then he's a wide receiver too so like there's just so many variables. But like, I I trust Diggs the talent that I I think, like I'm willing to pay what it's going to cost to get him right now. But I understand people that aren't like, you know, if I give up a first and he's a wide receiver three or just doesn't perform and and Allen stays where he's at, then I lose that deal. So I I get both sides of it. I just I don't think that you're going to have to pay. Like this is the cheapest that he'll ever ever be and i'm i'm all about like selling assets at their highest value and buying them at their lowest value and i think that's what you get with digs it might be even lower after this tier (laughs) (laughs) i mean just just well yeah i know i know about what i just said that that whole thing but just the idea that typically wide receivers don't do well in that first year transfer to a new team they don't exactly perform up to that level of, of what we expect or even just their their ADP in general. And it typically takes a couple years, but it might take about like four or five with Josh Allen. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, that, and that's fair, like going into a new team and then next year he's 27. So like, you know, that he's going to get that Tyler Lockett treatment, you know, like he, he will be 27, not an accurate quarterback. Like, so there's just going to be so many narratives against him that like, you're right, his value might go down next year. Okay, I feel like we've spent far too long talking about Stefan Diggs. So let's move on to the next guy on the list who is Keenan Allen, um, who also fell about two rounds since the end of December. Uh, 37 ADP in December, 59 now. I kind of feel like he's like the, uh, like um, J Mike was saying earlier, the, the, the Mike Evans or Tyler Lockett or uh, Dynasty Junkies mascot Marvin Jones and just never gets the respect he deserves. So, uh, what do we think? What do you think about uh, Keenan at fifty nine, uh, Dustin? What do you think? I'm buying him all day at fifty nine. Like, like he's. I'm not worried about like Tyrod's a pro in the league. Like, yeah, he's not. Ty Tyrod's not the most gifted quarterback, but he knows he's smart enough to know the game. Like, he's he knows he's going to throw it to his his most valuable player and his best player, which is Keenan Allen. Like, Keenan Allen's his. We were talking about Stefan Diggs route running. Like Keenan Allen is like a, a true magician out there with his route running. Like he's just he will find ways to be open and, and to be productive. Um, I'm not 
I think the reason why his value dropped was just the uncertainty with Rivers leaving. Like it's the only quarterback he's ever played with, and Tyrod, and then Herbert. Like so, I, I understand why his value dropped, but I I'm buying him where he's at. Um, but I've always been a Keenan Allen truther. Like I love, I personally love Keenan Allen. Like Bobby and I were like arguing back and forth because he was mad that I took him in in uh, in, a, in a startup that we were both in, and and you know like I. He's such a uh, technician with his craft that I think he's going to be like a he's going to carry value for a while. I think he's going to be like a, a Julian Edelman light that that stays into their into their 30s and stays productive. I think that's the thing about, you know, he hit he's 28 now and we saw that with Tyler Lockett. And now we're seeing like that wide receiver age just just continue to to drop. You know, it was like, oh, when they hit 30, then it was like, OK, 29. Now it's. 28 and 27 like it just continues to because there's so much young talent come in coming in but like he's just keenan allen just a, a technician out there and he will find ways to be be successful agreed and I, I don't know if people realize he's he's been a wide receiver one uh each of the last three years and uh i mean i including last year and is is 2019 rivers really that much of an upgrade from from Tyrod Taylor and or Justin Herbert, I, I'm not I'm not sure about that. So I I think the the drop is is definitely not warranted. I agree wholeheartedly with you, Dustin, that I'm buying him at that price. Gabe, what do you think, Keenan? I I, I am buying um, mostly because I'm curious about uh, Justin Herbert, and if that works out, cool, or if. Keenan possibly ends up somewhere else um, next year. I think there's an out somewhere that could happen. Um, but no, I'm not. I'm not. Bu- I'm not with the Tyrod thing. That's for sure. I'm. I'm. <clears throat> I'm scared to death about the Tyrod thing. And and you see the the same thing with Mike Williams ADP. And I, I would imagine it's directly correlated to it. Tyrod's not going to throw the ball as much as Philip Rivers threw the ball. Philip Rivers threw the ball a lot and Tyrod runs the ball a lot. They, they just, they're going to have to run a different type of offense with Tyrod Taylor. And there's just not going to be as much running the ball um, in my opinion and what I've seen from Tyrod in the past. But like I said, I am curious if, if, and when Herbert comes in, he's, but the thing is, is Herbert runs the ball a lot too. So that still worries me. Um, But with, with the price, I mean, like you said, perennial RB or uh, wide receiver one, you can't hate it. So I'm with it. And to, to talk about what you just talked about with the contract, uh, he's a free agent after this year. He's an yeah, unrestricted okay. free agent going into that. next year. So this is probably, it might be his last year in, in LA. Like he's, so he's going to be playing for that contract. Go get Mike Williams. Yeah, and that's a good point with the potential volume with Tyrod. But I mean, you got to think Herbert's starting sooner rather than later. Um, I guess the only issue might be, you know, the whole COVID situation, lack of training camp, all that. So maybe not as early as he might have otherwise. But um, and yeah, I mean, if he's if he's on another team, his quarterback situation could could improve, you know, tenfold. So, uh, Jay, Mike, what are your thoughts on Keenan? Keenan's fun, man. And and one of the interesting things is he, he's one of the guys uh, kind of the other end of what we were talking about with Steph Diggs. He's one of the guys who's commanding any and all the targets, right? Uh, 2017, 159 targets, 2018, 136, 2019, 149. Like the, the man's, if, if, if targets are earned, uh, then Keenan Allen is either surrounded by garbage 
or uh, he's just really that good. And so it'll be a, it'll be really interesting to see how they choose to to leverage that offense. Uh, two two out of the last three seasons, they were top ten in pass attempts. Uh, twenty eighteen being the twenty eighteen being the one that way in like the twenties, I believe. Uh, all that to say, Keenan Allen for the value, like that's nice. The, the scary part is everything starts working against Keenan Allen from here on, right? Not just the age, not just the change in what's happening in in L.A. Whether or not Tyrod and, and Herbert can keep it together. But does he stay in L.A.? Right. So there's a lot of unknown in the air. So the earlier that you can place your bet on Keenan Allen, uh, I think that you'll be able to mine the most value out of it. Uh, the longer that you wait, the longer that you stay, if things get ugly in L.A. Uh, or just not a lot of fun or he's checking down to Eckler and Eckler's getting 100 targets again or something crazy. Uh, then you put yourself in a position where Keenan uh, isn't the isn't the asset. Uh, excuse me. He isn't the producer that we've seen him to be. And then all of a sudden he's he's even less of an asset than he had been previously. So place your bets early or early on uh, on Keenan if, if you can, because uh, th- there is value to be mined, uh, I think, in this area with Keenan. And I don't know if you're going to be right or wrong with whatever you choose, but but he's someone that you need to make a decision on now before it starts spinning out of control from a situation standpoint around him. Okay. And a lot of good points there by J. Mike. And but uh, unless we want to try and make this an open bar and go like two and a half hours, I think we're going to go one more guy and uh, and then move on to find me a trade. So um, the, another guy I, I, that I find really interesting and I like a lot uh, right now is Brandon Cooks. He's a little lower down the list uh, in terms of where his ADP is at. Uh, it was 80. He was already at 83 back in June. Now he's in the hundreds. He's 116. I mean, back in December. Now he's 116 in June. Um, I, I, I like him a lot. I, I, he's to me clearly the best wide receiver in Houston. He, I mean, he had the worst year of his career last year, but the Rams' offense was down. He had the concussion issues. People like to make it out that he's an injury, you know, threat. Um, but he, last year he missed two games. The previous four years he played all 16. So I don't think it's as bad as people make it out to be. Um, so, uh, I'll, Jim, I'll go back to you again. What do you think of Cooks? Come on. How much Houston pass catcher love can we get in one week, Gabe? This is, this is too good. <laughs> this is the everything. Yeah, yeah, baby. I mean, you guys Houston. made the joke you guys on the show a couple like months ago. Like, oh, yeah. you guys, you know. <laughs> You own it all. You own the DAP network, so you own us. <laughs> uh, yeah, here we go. I, I'm just, I'm just going to bring us on as uh as you know doing what we do. No, Houston, Houston's fun, man. And, and I think Brandon Cooks is interesting because um I think he's 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 going to be healthy. He's going to get over 100 targets. Uh, it could be a lot of fun because we're looking at a track meet now in Houston, right? We got Will Full on one side, Cooks on the other. Uh, obviously, if David Johnson cannot do his whole I'm hurt thing. Uh, he can get up to speed and do some fun things out of the backfield. Duke Johnson's out of the backfield. My man Randall Cobb having things opened up for him. Kenny Stills there. So all of a sudden, um, things are things are really interesting in Houston. Uh, I'm with you on Cooks. Uh, if, if you if you were a Cooks fan before, and I was not, I was not always on board with Cooks. Uh, but specifically for this for this price drop, I'm I'm all in. So bring me Brandon Cooks as the leading target getter in Houston, as a guy that you'd want to have uh, on your team in Houston, and a guy who can blow a game open and win you weeks. Uh, in Houston, so I'm I'm excited to see what he and Watson can do because uh, Watson does all this magician stuff, keeping keeping plays alive. How like Cooks doesn't need a ton of uh, effort or, or help in getting behind the defense, so I'm excited to see how they leverage him there. Yeah, uh, 
Trader Joe made the joke, I think, on our show uh, that they were going to run the Madden all verts play all the time with that with the receivers they have there. But uh, uh, Gabe, are you in on Cooks as well? Well, just three of them are going to do the verts, and then Cobb is running slants in the yeah. slot. But yeah, that is accurate. Um, what wide receiver forty four? Crazy. You're getting him in the eighth, ninth round, and he like literally has the potential to be a wide receiver one this year. I think people are scared about concussions. I and I I totally get that, but everyone has that same risk. So I mean. The fact that, you know, as far as Dynasty goes, if he has another one or two, he might literally not be playing football anymore. So in that sense, yeah, sure, that's that's a risk. But I mean, as far as the talent goes and and uh, to come back to what I said about traveling wide receivers and not doing so well in their first year there, it just doesn't seem to be the case with with uh, with Cooks. He's an outlier of sorts and just balls wherever whichever city he comes to. So um, I yeah. What, you're not risking anything with this. And he's probably going to be your fifth, sixth wide receiver, dependent on how you're drafting in, in a dynasty startup. I'm all for it. Yeah. And I get the concussion thing, but I, I believe Devonte Adams has had multiple concussions and has gone a little bit without Andre Hopkins. Yeah. Yeah. And, and nobody, nobody talks about that. I mean, if he goes next year with that, it will probably all forget about it. And, and, and if he has his, his typical season prior to last year, his, his value is just going to shoot through the roof. Dustin, any thoughts from Cooks before we move on? No, I mean you guys hit all hit it on the head. Like I'm buying. Like I've been, I've been buying everybody that we've talked about so far tonight. Just like you know, I I'm buying when when the value's down um, for any potential bump. But like his ADP in a super flex leagues right now is 116. Like that's just insane. Like that's almost tenth round territory like that's almost your first bench spot in some weeks like that's just that's just stupid value right there um for a guy that is put up a thousand yards every single year but one like it's just i would pay i'd buy it take him there all day long like i saw him in scott fishbowl leagues going like the 13th 14th round in some leagues like uh you guys were talking about in the open bar like somebody was looking at him like got him super late in one of the one of the leagues like i just like I'm buying him all day there. Like he's like J Mike and, and Gabe said that he's produced everywhere. Like what's he's not going to, he's not going to stop producing. Like he's, he's one of those guys that he's always done it with a new quarterback almost every year or two. Like, so he seems, he seems to be quarterback proof. Like just, he, he finds ways to make it work. So I'm buying him all over the place. Okay. And with that, we're going to move on to find me a trade. Find me a trade. And this week we have a listener submission from uh, Twitter uh, user Steven at Steven0128. Um, he said he sees his team as a contender and a likely favorite, which I'm guessing we probably all agree with after seeing his team. Uh, it's a 12-team, 1QB, 0.5 PPR league, also point per first down, uh, no tight end premium. Only starts eight, a QB, two running backs, two wide receivers, tight end, two flex. Um, rosters are expanded now, but he did tell us he only, they, they actually cut down to only 18 before the season. So it's shallow starter, shallow roster. And uh, Dustin, why don't you go through his team and then we can get into the trades. Yeah. So as Rocky was saying, this, this team stacked, like even in a one quarterback back league, he's got Lamar breeze and burrow. So he's, he's set there for forever. Uh, he's got Christian McCaffrey, Joe Mixon, Leonard Fournette, Darius Geis, Todd Gurley, 
and he's got like Armstead as like a backup. Um, he then at receiver, this is insane. He's got DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, Odell Beckham, Brandon Cooks, Curtis Samuel, Anthony Miller, and then at tight end he has Kittle and Herndon. Like so, he's just like probably the top at every single position down down the board. Like. So he's, I definitely think he's a contender. So it was really interesting us going through and trying to find trades for his team just because he doesn't need anything. Um, Gabe, you put, you put quite a few trades on here. So if you want to walk us through yours, I think you have like what five on there. I did. I just started seeing a trend um, kind of in my head of, of what I would want to do and thinking that this is uh, 18 man rosters. That's not very big. So to me, I don't I, like I don't really care as much for those like, you know, bottom feeders that aren't going to really matter for your team. Like I, I'd want to consolidate as much as I can and try to get elite talent. So he I would suggest consolidating if you could. Um, I, I do understand that this this team is like mad stacked for sure. Um, but there, there's some concerns if, if you have them with, I, I mean, I don't necessarily, but Hopkins and Thomas and they're, they're in quotes, the age, uh, <laughs> but mostly, mostly the running backs. I'm kind of like, I'd be ready to get rid of them. Like Fournette, if you're a believer in guys, cool, that's fine. I, I am, I am as well, but I mean, fool me once shame on you. <laughs> so, uh, I hope he has a healthy season this year, but, um, girly, I mean, all these guys are just cells and to allude to what I was talking about earlier in the show, I mean, just sell those running backs when you can and, and trade for these elite wide receivers. So yeah, I, I put all my trades were with Gurley and Fournette <laughs> to trade away those two uh, running backs and then come back with, uh, we, we said we weren't exactly sure if these other teams had picks or not, but we can assume that they did. Um, so I, I, I said Amari Cooper and a 2021 first for Gurley and Fournette. Um, again, all of these are just Gurley Fournette, uh, Gurley and Fournette for Juju in a first. Um, Gurley Fournette for uh, Rager McLaurin and a 2021 second. Um, that same team, I, I would try to go McLaurin and Allen Robinson. Um, and then lastly, AJ Brown and a 2021 first. And the value is kind of all over the place. And as far as putting it into whatever calculator that uh, y'all are using or that he's using or whatnot, but I think you could flirt around with some of these things, maybe go back and forth, but um I'd want to draft a, or excuse me, um, trade for that elite wide receiver or, you know, potential in, a, in an elite wide receiver with Rager F1, whatever. Um, and then next year, hopefully draft another running back to kind of replace those Fournettes and, and Gurleys because Fournette and Gurley scare the heck out of me. Yeah. I, lo I love that first trade specifically, like a uh, Gurley and Fournette for Cooper in a first, like, people are down on Cooper right now because of drafting CD lamb and the deck drama, but like Cooper's a stud. He's only 25. And I think that's a deal that he could easily get done. Um, so I, I love that first one, but I, I would be happy with any of these. I don't know that the AJ Brown one would happen just because his value is just kind of skyrocketing right now. But if he could pull any of those, my, my, the only concerns I had with the team were your same concerns, just his running backs, like his top two are great, but like, Gurley Fournette, like they're not long for the league. So I agree with moving moving those two pieces and, and getting pieces that are going to help you more long term. 
Yeah, I agree with Dustin. I like you said, there's maybe some of them where getting that first with that receiver might be a little tougher. Um, but actually, I mean, the Mari one, um, I was looking at the guy's roster. He didn't really have a great second running back. I don't have it up now. I think it might have been Lindsay or something like that. So he might be definitely interested in getting both Gurley and Fournette, maybe even willing to get up the first. Old like he had a continued team, he had Zeke. Um, but I, I pretty much agree. Uh, consolidation is the way to go, and uh, I like most of these trades as well. And I was looking at the teams as far as what they needed at running back. I mean, dude was starting like Jordan Howard as his RB2. Yeah. And like you said, Lin- Lindsay is RB2. Um, Le'Veon Bell and Michelle as like an RB2, which I wouldn't feel great about. Um, and Kenyon Drake as your RB1. So I don't know. I, I looked at that too as far as – teams that looked like they may be interested in acquiring two top 12 running backs. <laughs> okay. Jay, Mike, you want to get into yours? Yeah, I took a, I took a little, a lot of different route than, than either Gabe's trade or your trade. And part of this trade is to really just get Gabe all sorts of upset. <laughs> the, but, but part of this is something to keep in mind for this season. You've got a team that's contending. And while I 100% agree with you all, like, hey, we, we're, we're starting two at each position, two flex, one tight end. There's no premium. Like, hey, we want to be able to stack the top of every position group that we can. Like, I'm all for that. Problem is COVID, right? And so all of a sudden, there needs to be some sort of depth, at least a little bit, so that we don't sabotage ourselves by season's end, right? Um, and on this particular trade, uh, and and this is more of a and this is something that I would do because I think that by the end of this season we're going to see from a value perspective these two guys in very similar lights. So the team that I think that probably isn't necessarily contending, uh, they have a couple pieces that I like, and I'll be up for moving. I, w- I wanted to do this without any kind of dra- any, any kind of draft picks. Uh, I wanted to do something just very different. So thinking about moving OBJ, who's already not in our starting lineup currently. And moving him to a team that probably thinks they're a contender, but doesn't really have a top flight uh, wide receiver to really call their own. OBJ is a really shiny name to be able to give them that. And getting back either your choice of either either DJ Chark or Calvin Ridley, who everybody thinks both of those guys might be leveling up this year. And then adding in a little bit of insurance in the event that Kittle goes down for whatever stinking reason. Because, again, if he gets catches COVID or whatever, that's three weeks looking at not having production from him and getting a guy like Austin Hooper. If Austin Hooper can take targets in Atlanta from Calvin Ridley and continue to increase in targets each season uh, and almost get a hundred some odd targets last year, like I have no problems with him in the Cleveland offense, still being a viable tight end uh, for you. And, And again, talk about bridging a gap between Kittle and Herndon. And while we're not thrilled about necessarily trying to run around and get tight ends that we don't necessarily think are top flight, uh, I love Chark uh, coming up this season. And again, I think that he va- he's going to va- be valued somewhere similar to OBJ uh, by season's end of the dynasty. Uh, and I like Hooper uh, as another option for you to tie it into. So without moving some draft picks, uh, keeping your focus on this season, which a team is just OD. It's crazy. As members of the DAP network, I think we're contractually obligated to tout Calvin Ridley. So uh, I, I do like <laughs> I do like I actually do like it with Calvin Ridley a little more than Shark. I'm not as much of a Shark guy, and I actually do like the Hooper ad there because yeah, I didn't put this on the sheet. He actually mentioned that he could 
one of his biggest needs was backup tight end. And uh, I agree with your point, too, about the COVID. Uh, Scott Connor brought that up on the episode um, on our episode a couple weeks ago uh, about how trying, even in an 18-team league, I can see trying to add a little depth. So I like this trade a lot. Um, Dustin, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I unlike you, I'm, I'm a shark, shark believer, but like Shark Ridley, it, it doesn't matter to me. Like I like them both. Um, I'll have to see that contract. I don't remember getting any contract for for the DAP network. So <laughs> if you if you got a contract, you know we got to we got to figure figure this out. But we'll no, talk um, to you about that after the episode. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I I love Hooper. His value is down, so I think like getting him now is is huge i i just people i see a lot of people like just selling him for for nothing because he's he's a new team he's leaving atlanta and like i don't know that his value is going to change that much like i don't think he's going to get the same production atlanta but he's still going to be you know a good startable tight end and i think he does need tight end depth so i'm right there with you i'm excited to hear what what gabe has to say though you know since uh jay mike put this trade on there for gabe uh, my advice is do not trade Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> Don't. Uh, wh- why? We, you were supposed to do that two or three years ago when he was like the number one overall pick in Dynasty. Now you're getting him at a discount. Why are you trading him away? And you're trading him away for uh, either a number two wide receiver or a wide receiver that might lead the team in targets, but you can't be confident that i love shark too j mike but come on man yeah i'm i'm just ready for you to continue to slander our guy here keep going yeah you Keep set going. me up yeah it's bait mm-hmm. that's all it is, mm-hmm. is bait. <laughs> I, I and i think that hooper is a buy low but don't sell obj that is not what this person should do and whatever just because he's conveniently on the bench j mike you tell me who you're starting all season obj Fournette, or Gurley. And OBJ is in my lineup a lot of times out of 10. He's probably going over Hopkins a lot of times out of 10. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. This is my team. OBJ's a powder there. Pack your bag, son. Pink slip. Get to stepping. Hey, he, he, went, he went back to the blonde hair. You know, that means he's going to produce this year. I know. Well, I saw y'all's <laughs> trade, too, also includes Odell Beckham. So that's three out of four from this episode. And that's just absolutely ridiculous. Okay. Yeah. Don't listen to these guys. Okay, Uns- so, so, un- unsubscribe from this podcast. After whoa, this whoa, whoa, yo, yo, so, yo, yo. So, so that is Rocky's trade. Um, I, I was fine with him putting it on there. Mine was Cooks and Fournette for Cup, um, or Cooks and Geis for Cup was my trade. Um, just because I think you know Cups can score touchdowns and like he's underrated, and so I like you know if you can move Cooks and one of those running backs to get Cup, I'm all for it. Um. Well, go ahead, Rocky. Get into yours. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, was supposed to be our trade um, was <laughs> Odell and either Gurley or Fournette. I- I'm fine with either, whichever the other the other trade partner likes better. And but we're upgrading from Odell. I do like Odell, Gabe. I I think he's going to have a bounce back. And but I I do think uh, we're trading him for Devonte Adams, who I do think is an upgrade. I think. Uh, Devontae Adams is going to ball out this year. They they still didn't add a quality second wide receiver. Um, uh, the guy who has uh, Adams, he has kind of a weird team. It looks like he's trying to contend. He has Ertz. 
um, and a couple other older guys. He also has some some not so great. He's got Djax in his starting lineup, so I, I'm not really sure what he's trying to do. It looks like he's trying to contend. He probably should be starting to rebuild, but assuming he's trying to contend, getting those two pieces for Adams uh, might make it worth his while. And uh, it is an upgrade. And like you said, I, I, I'm fine selling either of those guys. He's got he's got enough at running back. He'll still have one of them, and he'll have the the two guys we said in his starting lineup already. That I think it was uh, Mixon and McCaffrey. So, um, what do you think of that one, Gabe? Do not trade <laughs> Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> right now. I and look, Jay Mike, with your whole COVID thing. Every it turns out everyone is dealing with that same thing. So what are we dealing with this year? Just like whoever has the most depth on their team. I mean, there, there's there's literally a scenario where a wide receiver core gets COVID or one of them gets COVID, and then you don't have that starting wide receiver core anymore. And and we're looking at you know James Proch as your wide receiver one for the uh, Baltimore Ravens like this, th it's an even playing field as far as that goes. So yeah, sh but we're playing dynasty. Remember that. Okay. So 2020 is a weird year. Like, I don't know. You, you could almost say like anyone's contending, I guess, <laughs> if there's going to be like people out all the time for, for that reason, J Mike, but don't sell Odell Beckham Jr. for the most part. I love how you twist my words. I love how you twist what I you, said. My, no. The, the, enti the entire point was you don't Depth. want your roster while you do want to build up because I agree with what you all are saying. Shallow team, shallow rosters, go up and get the top guys at each position that you can. I'm with that. But this season, I think that depth is also going to play a part on rosters and decide championships as well. And you losing Kittle, someone like Kittle, the advantage that he gives you at tight end is problematic. I think I can get similar production from Chark to OBJ. I can buy the years back with Chark, and I can have the value spike that I feel like Chark is going to also be receiving and have Hooper on my team, who's really stinking good. That's my entire point. OBJ is a good player. I like OBJ, and I know that's your man's. And I told you from the jump, I did this trade to upset you because I knew you'd get <laughs> triggered and start talking crazy, and then you have to stab Chark in the back. Now oh, you crazy. can't even claim Chark as your man. Oh, I'm crazy now. <laughs> it's how you did. It's what you did. You is did it, this. Is this tight end? Is this league tight end premium? It not. is not. No? Oh, okay. So <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable. Unbelievable. Throw in whoever you want and, and oh, if that's should you just trade Kittle then, Gabe? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Just trade trade George. Let's, oh my gosh. Yeah, I don't care about tight ends. <laughs> On that uh, note, we'll finish up uh, we'll finish up this and uh this is uh normally where we sign off, but before we do that, we were thinking, um, since uh we have four of us here and uh you guys are from the open bar that maybe we would do a little draft before we sign off. So um, in honor of Scott Fishbowl, we thought we would do a little uh, toys draft and compare it to an NFL player. So I told Dustin he was getting the 101. So Dustin, who's your 101 in the toy draft? So I'm a little bummed because I didn't get in this division. I, I requested it and, and didn't get in. And J Mike's actually in the division. So uh it's the ghostbusters toy i just when i was growing up like ghostbusters was the shit like that was everything like i had i literally had every ghostbusters toy for my paper out money i had the entire 
the, their entire building. I had Slimer. I had a whole outfit. I had everything. So Ghostbusters to me was the truth. Um, and my player comp is actually Will Fuller. So, you know, like, like ghosts, like they kind of, they're gone and then they show up for a while and then they're gone again. Like, so that, that's my, my player comp for Ghostbusters is, is, is Will Fuller. You know, he just, you know, he comes and goes like, like, like the ghosts do. So, yeah. Okay. I see, I see Jay Mike cracking up over here. So I, I want to hear who he, I'm going to give him the 102 and see who he comes up with. I like that. That's strong, <laughs> Dustin. That's very. <laughs> What what messes with me is Rocky's talking about how much of a stickler for the show sheet he is, and this is nowhere <laughs> on the show sheet. You surprised us, and it's such a pleasant surprise. I like it. This feels, this feels good. This feels this feels like home. Uh, <laughs> uh, at one hundred and two, gonna take uh, what what is the steal of the draft, and it's wrestling buddies. I don't know if you all remember wrestling buddies growing up, but I was a big wrestling fan, and uh, they were obviously these stuff kind of. I want to say dolls, but that's not the right way to put it. Like a stuffed wrestling figure uh, that was just big enough for a young J Mike to suplex all over the house on the couches, take outside and drop elbows from the porch on them. Um, They could go everywhere. They could do anything. You you could do no wrong. And at the end of the day, uh, they'd be right there next to you when you go to bed. So uh, for me, wrestling buddies, uh, with the versatility, with the absolute sheer joy that they bring to a team, it's no question wrestling buddies are CMC, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, the absolute best in versatility, the absolute best in fun, the absolute best in production, uh, and they bring joy all throughout the day. Uh, and you can go to bed at night knowing securely that your team, that your uh, your everything is safe uh, with a Ted DiBiase wearing his million-dollar belt around <laughs> around his waist. Uh, as your wrestling buddy. So wrestling buddies, CMC, uh, call it a day, 102. And I'm going to go to Gabe at 103. Gabe, who do you got? Um, So I had a really difficult time choosing a toy for Scott Fishbowl. Um, I had to text and call my mom and ask her what I played with. <laughs> and she's like, uh, I don't know, honey. I owned a restaurant. Like, I gave you spatulas and whisks. So... Uh, so, but I, I do remember, I do remember collecting beanie babies back in the day when I was like 10 or something. Um, there was, there was this, uh, Hallmark gift card gift store shop across from my mom's restaurant, um, where I was playing with spatulas and whisks. Um, so, so on my lunch break, I would get to go across the street and check out the Beanie Baby collection. And I would typically buy one almost like once a week. And I had a huge collection, um, ended up giving them all away and I didn't like case them or like get the special like tag to cover them up or whatever. But, um, so that's why I ended up choosing that division. I, I, like I said, I don't even know what my favorite toy is, um, at all still, but that's where I ended up. So that's the toy I'm going to select here. As far as what I can compare it to, apparently they, they try to come. The thing about Beanie Babies is they're stupid, right? And <laughs> uh, they, you, you buy them for like $5, $10 back in the, the 90s, early 2000s, whatever. And now they're supposed to be worth like, you know, $5,000 or something. Like Google one and look at it on eBay or Etsy or something. Like it's weird. Um, not sure if people go out and acquire that like they would a football card, which is a whole nother conversation of stupidity, but, uh, maybe, maybe people go and spend money on that on that. I don't know. So 
here we go. My point is, um, these these uh, they they come up from nowhere, right? These these beanie babies, and all the all of a sudden they become valuable. But in face value, they are entirely worthless. That would be Raheem Mostert. All right, <laughs> I, we can do this year after year with whatever running back you want to choose, Damian Williams, whatever. You know, the list goes on and on and on. I could really just group this into running backs that have like a half or a quarter of a productive season and somehow become valuable um, for $5,000. That's where Raheem Mostert is right now. And it's just absolutely absurd. So um, for one, my advice is go sell Raheem Mostert if you can and uh, sell your beanie babies too, if you're still holding on to those. I love it. That comparison was fantastic. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I can't believe Scott didn't have a spatula and whisk division, but um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I gave my division. <laughs> <laughs> what? I said right next to the kite division. Yeah, they, <laughs> yeah, 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 right. <laughs> um, so I gave myself the one of four because I knew no one was going to pick mine, which is the division I am actually in as well, which is the mask division. It's a it's an action figure toy. It's uh, I mentioned this on the pod before. It's kind of someone described it as uh, G.I. Joe's sort of combined with Transformers. They were little action figures. They were kind of like this part of this group that fought against evil and all that stuff. And they had these uh, cars and stuff that uh, that would transform into different battle things. And and so um, it was a very fun toy. I play with a lot, but not a lot of people uh, appreciated it. Um, but it was it brought a lot of joy. It was fun to own. And if you own it, you appreciated it more. Uh, it was a steady, good toy and uh, underappreciated. So I am comping it with Jarvis Landry, uh, who we mentioned earlier in the pod. He's always there for you. He gets you the points and uh, he's definitely underappreciated. So that finishes up the toy draft and that finishes up the show. So uh, J. Mike. And Gabe, I am so grateful for you guys coming on and wanted to give you a chance to, you know, just give your Twitter handles, uh, promote your pod and all that stuff. So go, go ahead. Whoever wants to start first. Uh, I, th- I think I'll, I think I'll take the wheel this time. J Mike, um, you know, get, get a chance to actually say goodbye this time. Uh, <laughs> I'm all jokes. I love you, J Mike. I love everyone. All right. Uh, yo, I'm Gabe. Um, FF man bun. It ain't nothing about me. It's about actually my guy over here. It is at J Mike check. Okay. We, we run a show together, the open bar Tuesdays live nine 30 Eastern ish. Um, but we all know who they come for. It's that dude. All right. He runs things. He He's the reason why we're able to just own or co-own all of these networks, whatever, what have you. Um, but yeah, it, it's all good. All fun times, um, on those Tuesday shows live. Uh, but thank you guys. Thank you for the opportunity to come onto the show. Uh, love, love guesting, love taking over a show, whatever the case may be. It's, it's a whole lot different to actually speak on things that you're typically, you know, divulging with others or like, you know, producing with others, trying to provoke others, whatever. So, um, the opportunity to, to react is, is different, you know? So thank you. Okay. J Mike. Grateful for this time. Thank you all for having us. Uh, I think after today's performance with you all, uh, we'll, we'll keep you on the Dapob network. 
continue to it. continue doing your thing. You're welcome. You're welcome. You you all <laughs> prove well. So we appreciate you all. Thank you guys for the time. Thank you for uh, being so welcoming and ha- letting us have so much fun with you all. This was uh, a real treat. A real treat. So thank you. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I uh, appreciate you guys jumping on. Uh, we'll see you, I think, in a couple of weeks on the open bar. I think uh, beginning of August. So we'll be on there with you guys. Yep, Already cleared my schedule, so so we're good. I told Rocky we might set some records. So who who knows? You know, standard. <laughs> I, I, I don't have the wife and kids away that weekend, so I I don't know if I can go three and a half hours. <laughs> I got all night. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you'd be able to stay on the Dapob Network. With Brian Har, if you break <laughs> it, he will, he, he will literally turn yeah. the meatloaf at and sushi you up into something something awful. So be careful. He might, he might have to end his hiatus if we did that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that, that about finishes the show. We got a little stuff, uh, our stuff to get out of the way here. A couple personal notes on my end. Um, Boyd Killingworth uh, brought some... Uh, "Quote unquote expert rankers." He must have a must have a loose definition of that because he had me included in there um, on Dynasty Football Digest. So he's running a series of articles from those rankings. So go check that out. Um, I've also um, recently been brought on to Dynasty Draft Room um, to produce the occasional written content. So we'll, I'm looking forward to that. I want to thank those guys over there at Dynasty Draft Room. And uh, now for the pod, I just wanted to remind everyone our Twitter handles are Dynasty FF Addict. That's me. Dynasty Junkie FF is Dustin. Um, the DAP Network is at DAP underscore network. Uh, definitely uh, follow them. Follow the pod at Dynasty Junkies. And um, give us a rating, uh, subscribe, rate, and review if you can. Uh, if you like the show, I don't see how you couldn't with these two guys on tonight. It was a great show tonight. And uh, that's about all we got. So we'll see you next week. Junkies out.